Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Slasher Scotty. I am your host, Scotty McCoy, and boy, do I have a surprise for all of you. I have on Zoom with me right now Anthony Massey, and he was uh, in a couple of things. He was a producer, and his name was Jason, producer on Hellraiser Evolutions, also a producer for Halloween 25 Years of Terror, and I really remember him from the episode of Eli Roth's History of Horror, which I absolutely love that uh, series that goes on AMC Fear Fest every year. So how you doing, Anthony? I'm great. I just have to say, you have like the best voice for a podcast. You're like the energy, like I'm raring to go. <laughs> awesome. I appreciate it. I get that a lot. I do get that a lot. And I'm glad that uh, that it, it is good for a podcast. I tell you that. But thank you so much for that. Um, so the first question I got for you, uh, how did you get your start into filmmaking and producing? Good question. Well, um, Halloween 25 Years of Terror was my first documentary. And that's really what opened all the doors. I created a convention back in 2000 what was the year 2003 um in fact behind me let me see oh nice that poster and that poster are um from the event and it was the first all like all halloween themed convention yeah. and that's yeah. where we had all the michael Myers and the producers and everybody that worked on any of the halloween movies and there were eight until the, uh, up until that point and so everybody came all over from all over the world to attend this event and we filmed it. And what I wanted to do, I was running a website back then called the Myers Museum. And it was a fan site. And then Halloweenmovies.com hired me to run their official website. And so what I wanted to do was record the event just to sell on a DVD for those who couldn't attend, like tape all the panel discussions and stuff like that. And then when that happened, Anchor Bay was very interested in releasing a documentary because we had said, well, we've got the whole history of Halloween. Like if you went to the event, you would have heard from everybody, from all Mustafa Akkad, Erwin Yablons, all the way to like Brad Lurie and anyone who made like part eight. So we cut together the first definitive documentary on the entire Halloween series. And then that's what opened the door to go to, um, his name was Jason, which was the first all Friday the 13th documentary. Mm -hmm. And that, so that's, that's really what happened. I, I, and I plunged into it. I had no producing experience. I had no event planning experience. Um, <laughs> but I learned quickly and I learned that I loved it. So I kind of stayed being a producer and I, I do what I love now. So I, I'm very grateful. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you definitely learn quick if you have no experience of planning that type of event. Like it's either get get the experience to do it right then and there, or it's not, it's not going to happen. Yes, I'm telling you, like, uh, yeah, I, I can't even begin to tell you how crazy every day was. I, I had a, I was living in San Diego when I planned the convention, right? Mm -hmm. And I had to drive into LA a lot because driving in all the time to, to go to the, the convention center and all that. And I had, I, this is, I don't know if you know this, but I don't know if it's the same now, but back then the way that you reserved like the Pasadena Convention Center mm -hmm. was to guarantee that the local hotels get filled up, right? By yeah. attendance. So they pushed this contract towards me that's like, just sign here and I'm reading it. And it clearly says, if you sign this document, even if the hotels are empty, you owe us money for every room. 
And of course I signed it. I mean, I was having lunch and like with everybody and everything and I'm signing it going, well, I believe people will buy tickets. And we had started to sell some tickets, but then I got in my car and I'm driving home and it's like two and a half hours back to San Diego. And I'm realizing what the hell did I just do? Like I had a panic attack in my car. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Fortunately it worked out. The hotel sold, you know, sold out, but I, I remember distinctly going, I think I might have just screwed up my whole my whole life. <laughs> oh. I mean, it is Halloween after all, so I'm sure people would want to see this. <laughs> yeah. What is it? Everyone's entitled to one good scare. I think that was my my one worst scare, I think, in that event. So. <laughs> Absolutely. So how did you happen to get involved with being a producer on his name with Jason and like getting and Halloween Hellraiser? How did all this come about? Well, um, after we did the Halloween documentary, um, Anchor Bay, it was one of their bestsellers. So Anchor Mm -hmm. Bay, and you know, they were like the shout factory of of their time. And and 20 Years of Terror was a standalone DVD that didn't have Halloween on it. It didn't have the movie. It just had our documentary and like four hours of bonus features. Mm -hmm. And I had emailed them and said, hey, we can do Friday the 13th next. And they like wired me money. Like in my account, there was a half million dollars. Like, do it and I went, okay and we were off and running and um it was it was great because i love friday the 13th and all that so that's really what happened and it was like instant producer and um and we i just i just keep, kept going i mean psycho we did the psycho legacy i did um i did other things like the 50 best horror movies you've never seen is, is a two and a half hour documentary that you can find just search for it nice. um and it, you know, I've, I've done a whole bunch of different things. And so that's what happened. Last year we did Unknown Dimension, which was the uh, documentary on the paranormal activity movies. Nice. A lot of people, like, it's so weird. They are more successful than any horror franchise. Like up until I think recently, they were, they made more money than Halloween. This mm-hmm. is no joke. Six wow. uh, paranormal activity movies made more money than Halloween, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. And they were astronomically successful wow. and yeah i don't hear people talking about them right. you know like you know there's no merchandise i mean the movies are treated like real like you know they're supposed to believe they're real mm-hmm. um so we just did that one it was a lot of fun it's got great reviews we went behind the scenes we to- I told everybody like jason blum is in it and he's like yeah parts four and six were stinkers you know like everybody's very honest and um so it's just been kind of like the thing that i've been doing for a long time yeah but that's how, you know, after Halloween, I just kind of fell into it and loved it and then just kind of pursued every opportunity I had. Nice, nice. So how did you happen to get the call to be a guest on Eli Roth's History of Horror? And what was your reaction when you got that call? Um, one of the production coordinators just knew me and they actually had a, a dropout. <laughs> so I wasn't a first choice, apparently. <laughs> But he was like, hey, you're really knowledgeable. And um, and I said, sure, let's do it. And it was great. I mean, I love the show. I love being, you know, on it. I, um, I don't think I was in it very much, but mm-hmm. you know, it was just great to be sitting there among everybody and being like, I get to talk about my favorite subjects, slasher movies, you know. Yep. So, yeah, it was great. It was a lot of fun. That's awesome. So what was the process like filming that episode? Well, it was during the pandemic. So mm-hmm. we were quarantining and so everybody had to wear masks and they told me 
that uh, there was no makeup, you know, like you had to come sort of camera ready and mm -hmm. I'm not like, you know, whatever, I don't need makeup. But I put a little powder on in my car. I'm like, I've done this. I've done many, hundreds of interviews for my own documentaries. And then I went in and then they proceeded to sit me down in a chair and this woman was like touching my face. And I was like, oh God, you know, um, <laughs> like this plastic thing on and, you know, whatever. It was a great experience. And they had said, who was in Christopher Landon, the um, director of some of the paranormal activity movies, mm -hmm. Happy Death Day. He was in there the day before. And I was like, oh, this is cool. But it was fun. And then they, they brought me into just their studio and they had like this really decked out set and um, sat me down, two camera angles, you know, it was fun. And, and it was really, it was just really easy. The director was great. And I had to study though. They gave me a list of movies and I was like, God, I haven't seen this movie in forever. So I had to like rewatch a bunch of like Mother's Day. I hadn't seen Mother's Day in, I don't know. In a know. while for me. Yeah, but, and then so I didn't know what they were gonna ask me about. And so I was just prepared. I'm like, I can talk about all these movies. But yeah, that's all it was. And then when it was nice. over, I left and, and that was it. So it was treated very nicely and um, <clears throat> it was great. It was like a 20 page release form. Right. <laughs> so, it was fun. <laughs> nice. So what do you believe is the most challenging part of being involved in the entertainment industry? The most challenging part is, oh my God, there's so many challenging. There are, is, right? From funding to scheduling. <laughs> <laughs> well, being an independent producer, which is what I am, mm -hmm. um, typically, like if you're at a studio or something like that, you know, you climb a ladder, you mm -hmm. just reach this, then you go out there. With independent producing, it's like you get, you know, like you like for any one of my documentaries, you, you, you build it, you build it, you build it, you have success, it gets distributed, and then boom, you're back to square one. You have to kind mm -hmm. of build each project. There's no ladder. You just, mm -hmm. you know, uh, right now, I'm, I just, produced a found footage movie. Um, I've never produced a found footage movie, but I know a lot about found footage movies for doing my latest documentary. Um, and that, you know, I'm gonna have to find distribution for that. Um, I'm doing another documentary now that I think is probably, I really don't wanna talk about it, but it's gonna be one of the greatest achievements I think of my life. Nice. And that I have no idea how that's gonna go. So the ch most challenging thing is kind of like the unknown kind of saying like does anybody care you know in this business you have to justify your existence as an artist very mm -hmm. hard to be like hey pay attention to what i'm doing and, and an artist like like you you end up saying to yourself who cares what i have to say right i'm talking about any artist a singer painter whatever it's like you're not like a school teacher where like you're doing something actively productive and you're shaping minds for the future. An artist is like, well, nobody cares. So you have to be a self-motivator. Mm -hmm. Those things are very challenging. And I'm very self-motivated. Um, but, I, but I have friends that have left the industry because they're like, I just can't handle the, you know, the pressures of being mm -hmm. an you know, producer or director or writer. It's very stressful. <laughs> It is. It is. I, I done my first movie and it didn't come out that good, but it was my first movie. And now we're working on our third one and we're in post-production. And thankfully I have a co-owner now of my company. So we do it together. So we're not doing it one-on-one. -on -one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's very stressful. And then when you're doing scheduling and then you have people dropping out, like literally the day before you have to shoot. It, it, it's really, uh, it's really crazy. <laughs> 
which that's a perfect uh, answer to my next question to go into what my next question is, which is if someone wants to follow like in your footsteps and get into filmmaking, like, do you have any advice for them? (laughs) Boy, do I. (laughs) Um, You have to, if, if you are unable to follow your creative instincts, without uh, without getting in your own way. If, if you self-sabotage, you're not gonna last in this business. If everybody has that voice in their head that says, no, can I do it? I can't do it, you know, whatever. You have to really learn how to manage that because in an instant, you can kill a dream. Um, I had an accidental, um, beneficial thing happened to me during the Halloween convention. I didn't know that all the Halloween producers were kind of at odds with each other and that some of the actors didn't like each other throughout the series. And I thought being a Halloween fan that everybody loved each other. I thought <laughs> Mustafa Akkad and Erwin Yablons and Joe Wolf and all the people that you know made, were all buddies and raking in the dollars and having dinner, mm-hmm. you know, that was not the case. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody had told me what are you doing? There's no way you're going to get all these people to come to your event. I wouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad of my naivete, if that's the word. I was naive and that was an asset to me. So I would just say, listen, it's going to be hard no matter what you do in, mm-hmm. in, in, you know, in, in this independent world, in Hollywood in general. I just had a friend um, tell me that like a, a cousin of his moved here to become an actor. And my first reaction was, oh, God, they're in for a ride, you know, because it's just not easy. I think very many people have an easy ride here. So you have to just navigate the crazy, be able to close the door at night and return to some kind of normalcy. Yeah. You have to be able to do that. And I've, I've been able to, like, I don't let it, I don't self-destruct and I don't sabotage. No. Those, those two things I would say. It's, and notice those things have nothing to do with creativity and writing five hours a day it's all about up like your mind about, yeah and i mentally handle this it's not like working as an accountant you know mm-hmm. a lot of crazy all the time and you yeah. yeah and there's a lot of mistrust expectations of people those kinds mm-hmm. of just expect that it's not going to be easy and i think you'll have a better yeah yep, absolutely Absolutely. So obviously, um, I'm sure you are obviously you're a big fan of horror movies and I can only imagine, uh, you know, how many you've seen. I mean, I, I, we, I, we both are horror fans. You've probably seen hundreds and thousands of them. So which horror film or franchise got you? You're starting to becoming the fan. Becoming a fan. Oh, that easy. Hands I was Halloween. I was yeah. 12 years old and I was I saw Halloween on television. And it scared the, the crap out. I mean, I, I remember I was by myself. I don't know. I just caught it on television. You know, I think it was its NBC premiere. Mm-hmm. And I remember the next day in school, I was running. I was going around all my friends. I was like, oh, my God, the guy killed the girl in the car. And he kept choking her. And she wouldn't die. And, and she had to cut her neck. And I remember, like, everybody thinking I was crazy. Because I no one was into this except for right. me. And... For years, I thought something was wrong with me because I was the only one that was crazy about these killer movies. And and, um, Mm -hmm. the same thing happened with Slumber Party Massacre. I remember 
I came home, my, my mother had enrolled my twin brother and I into like a, a Lutheran Wednesday night kind of class at the church because we weren't very religious growing up. And she's like, I'm going to send you, get some religion. And, um, <laughs> and we came home and again, I turned on the TV and then Slumber Party Massacre is on TV. And I remember the driller killer and I remember mm-hmm. like the girl, he's killing the girl, the pizza guy. And I remember going like, I love this stuff. And so it wasn't until the internet I'm totally dating myself, like that. I realized there was an audience of people. Were, I wasn't alone. But for years, I thought there's something wrong with me. Like no one liked these movies as much yeah. as I. So I would beg my mother to take me to horror movies, and she did. She took me to see Halloween two in theaters and Nightmare on Elm Street and all mm-hmm. that with my twin brother. And I have really great memories of like holding my mom's hand and screaming. And nice. So yeah, but it was definitely Halloween. Yeah, nice. Like, like so many other people, but remember, I thought I thought I was the only one. Right. Know? Yeah. People think we're crazy, especially when you're an indie filmmaker and you're like writing, jotting notes for your next movie. And like, I remember me and my co-owner were in McDonald's once for a meeting before pandemic times, and uh, we were just at McDonald's and we we're just sitting there in a booth, you know, drinking coffee or whatever, and you know, having a McDouble or whatever, and just jotting notes of what's going to happen here. And I'm like, so how are we going to kill, uh, kill whatever her name is? Like, could, do you think we should slit her throat, or is a drill to the head more more suitable? <laughs> And like the old people right in front of us or right behind us or whatever, look at us like, what? And my, my co-owner looks back at and he goes, it's, yes. it's we're a movie. I swear we're not trying to kill her. <laughs> we're creative people. We're seeing. Right. We're, we're, we're not going to, we're not going to kill anybody. You're not going to be reading, reading, a, you know, our, we're not going to be seeing our, our pictures in the front page of the paper tomorrow. I promise. Exactly. <laughs> my stepmother would say to me, why do you love, you know, seeing death and everything? I'm like, well, that's a really good question. And I thought about it. And I was like, well, what I see instead of somebody dying is this beautiful like painting and, mm-hmm. you know, a uh, combination of directing and acting and prosthetics. And I see a piece of art, you know, yeah. Yeah, I don't like to see real uh, death. And whenever I hear right. someone shot it's horrifying but in the movies you know that they yell cut and everybody yeah. claps and they laugh because the blood bags are spraying you know and i think yep. I, it's a lot of fun and i was talking to a friend a couple weeks ago about this and i said you know what all these school killings and mass shootings and stuff you never hear that it's a slasher movie fan you know right. it's almost like horror movie fans are the people to be least afraid of in society Mm-hmm. It's, it's just ironic you're sitting there at McDonald's yeah. and chicken McNuggets and two people are afraid of you. What you what you want to say is, oh, we're not gonna kill anybody. It's, it's right. It's it's, it's usually it's the person that never talks to anybody, you know. Right. right. <laughs> I've learned throughout the years that horror fans are typically intelligent, mm-hmm. kind, um, welcoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just great people and they just see yeah. the fun in the chaos, you know, yep. and embrace it. There's a passion, there's a heart for it. You know? Absolutely. And, I, and uh, Friday the 13th Part 7 was the first horror movie I've ever seen. Um, and then I watched all the Friday the 13th from, from start to finish. And then I ended up watching ho- all the Halloweens and Nightmare on Elm Street. When I got to Halloween, the first one itself scared the shit out of me. And the reason why is because this shit can happen in real life. A, a crazy mental patient escaping an asylum, stalking what you don't know is his sister. You just stalking a random girl out there and babysitters watch at, at her house, at her school, everywhere before he ends up killing them. Yeah, That's scary. 
Yeah. Lucky you that you saw Friday 7 as the first yeah. I love that movie. And you know, you yeah. got a real treat. You got like, like they got Jason looked great. He was battling Carrie. Yeah. You know, there was yeah. Black, it was like lucky you, that's the movie. So a lot of people will see some shitty horror movie. Like, yeah. Horror, and you just got opened a really good door there. Yep. It was the VHS box cover at our local uh yep. video rental store back when they, you know, Black Diamond video rental back when VHS tapes and video rental stores were a thing. Oh, absolutely. I had that VHS. I had so many people on my show uh, that I interviewed from that movie alone. I had uh, Laura Park Lincoln, Susan Blue, Terry Kaiser, um, Heidi Kozak, so uh, Craig Thomas. Wow. I, I, I actually spoke. I didn't interview her, but I spoke to Diana Barrows on the phone for like three hours. We we text every now and again. We became good friends. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I it's crazy. Yeah. I was interviewed for his name is Jason. She was the sweetest, kindest. Like, yeah. She said, I remember her turning to everyone and going, just want to make my fans happy. And I'm like, you've got to love someone who right. does that because she has fans. Um, Who's this again? Um, Diana Barrows. Okay. Yes. Yes. I want to make my fans happy. And we're like, we love yep. you. Um, did I see correctly that you interviewed Bonnie Hellman? I did. Bonnie was amazing. Bonnie was great too. And she yep. was fun. And we did something. With she Kenny. talked about how she had to do the banana scene all these times. Oh my God. <laughs> amazing. Absolutely amazing. I also interviewed from part seven, John Otrin I had on, I had William Butler. I, I had an uh, interview scheduled with John Carl Buchler, but he died like a week or two after we set something up and obviously it didn't happen. Oh. Which I was really upset about that, which I made a joke kind of out of that because that he was like the third person I set an interview with, up with and they died like a week after. Oh my God, stop the it. other one I had was Steve Dash and uh, Dominic Braschia. They were the other two. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God, you're cr- great. Then what's happening to me next week? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what my joke was. I'm just going to sit here for five days. That was my that was my joke. Like everybody's like trying to get out of the interview. How, oh, what I get myself into? How do I get out of this interview when they die? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but uh, yeah, I I I interviewed D Wallace. I, I had some amazing people on. Um, I, I really did, and I I'm grateful for everybody that takes the time out. I just had Terry McMinn on yesterday from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original, and that was a good interview. Yeah, good for you. It's so great to have these yeah. conversations. I mean, yeah. It really is, and you know, just extending a thank you to you because you feel so forgotten in this industry. You yeah, know, like remember I was saying, like as an independent guy, you kind of have to keep justifying yeah. your existence. And I feel like it's just nice to be like mm-hmm. asked uh, and have a conversation. It's nice, right? <laughs> yeah, the, no problem. I, I I literally had you on my list for so long, but I had I literally like back in like i think it was like march i was booked all the way through july and like i and i wanted to have you on because you were on my list for so long for like independent filmmakers and producers to have on and i'm like you know what i need to find a time in june to make this happen because if i don't i don't know when i'm gonna get them on i'm like i'm thinking now we're almost through june i still have all the way through july i have mark holton from leprechaun to be coming on i have uh uh Catherine atwood from jason goes to hell scheduled um yeah, I have uh, uh, Teo Pendulous from Days of Our Lives coming on on Saturday. He played Tony and Andre DeMera. I don't know who that is. Uh, you know, you ever watch Days of Our Lives? 
my it was my mother's favorite. Okay, he 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 was he was Tony Demare and Andre Demare Stefano's son. I know who Stefano is. My mother yes. loves Stefano, but I don't remember. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have, I have him on on Saturday. Um, and I, he, he actually, actually, uh, I didn't have any scheduled scheduled openings for him until like August or late, you know, cause I'm through book through July and he's, he's like, well, let's, can, can you, do you do weekends? I said, I usually don't, but for you pick a weekend and we'll make it happen. He said, how about this Saturday? And I'm like, deal. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But the last question I do got for you, do you have any other projects, film, like film projects, social media accounts, websites, anything at all that you would like to promote to the listening and viewing audience? I, well, I don't know if you noticed. Um, I'm designing board games based on Slash. Okay. Nice. Um, we just did one for Silent Night, Deadly Night. Nice. I freaking love that movie. Right. So do I. And, and uh, <laughs> we needed a board game. And I'm working with... Um, the uh, original executive producers of the movie to produce mm-hmm. the remake of that film. And we designed a board game. And this is the only one that exists. Well, this is the, uh, the prototype that the, the company okay. us. Um, it's got, you know, your instruction booklet and all that. Nice. But I'll show you the, this is one, it's a two-sided board, but that's the board. Nice. Um, you know, you don't, but there's a, original illustrations on it. Oh, that's, uh, that's from something else. But, uh, you know, there's illustrations of Billy. That's Killen. so awesome. There's the other side of the board. I was playtesting another. But yeah, my partner in this is, um, you know, there's like little figure up here's little Billy. Nice. That's so awesome. Is it, It's kind of like Candyland in a way, right? <laughs> nice. Yeah, there's a little Iris toys bag. Like it's nice. Game pieces. There's an Officer Barnes. Um, mm-hmm like badge that's a game piece there's little snowballs and everything and so, so awesome yeah there's cards let me show you one of them like the holidays are stressful Move <laughs> but um yeah we i forgot your question <laughs> anything to promote <laughs> oh yeah but, so and then we also just did um my bloody valentine which yeah. uh we did that the digital sample which that is uh is being mm-hmm. sent now uh, we're doing another one and i can't, the deal isn't closed yet so i shouldn't say anything because can happen but yeah i uh, i i'm also a professional magician and so nice. just watching these these board games having a magician design them is a really good thing because they're kind of like magic tricks to me like i sort of work backwards i come mm-hmm. up with a theme and then and figure out what my ending is and then, and then work backwards Mm-hmm. And so I'm having a blast designing those. If you um, so a website for people to go to if they want to learn about the games that are coming out, it's stopthekiller.com. Okay, that's my website. My main producing website is massymedia.net. Okay, uh, you can just find me and my links through those two websites. Awesome, sounds good. Well, I thank you so much for joining me to, uh, this evening, Anthony. Great, I really appreciate it. Yep, you have a great rest of your night. All right, you too. All right, okay. bye. <laughs>